familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Going back to work after having your baby may seem daunting, but having support from your employer and colleagues definitely helps. How do you approach your employer about your pumping needs? Should you give your colleagues a heads up about what your schedule will be like when you return to work? And what do you do if things just aren't working out as planned once you're back at work? We're the boob group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other mom we are equal we are the boob group welcome to the boob group we're here to support all moms wanting to provide breast milk to their babies i'm your host priya namard and i'm also the founder of the mom's pump here nursing locator app which helps moms all over the world find great places to pump and breastfeed their babies if you haven't yet we encourage you to download the new mommy media network app which gives you easy access to all our episodes you can also subscribe to our podcast through iTunes so all our latest episodes can be downloaded to your mobile device automatically. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review so other moms can learn about us. Let's meet the mamas joining our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Hi, mamas. Um, I'm Heather Shore. I'm the designer and founder of Nourish Collection, which is a new launching women's wear brand. And we're trying to bring fashion and simplicity to breastfeeding and pumping moms. And I'm also a single mom with a five-year-old. I pumped for about two and a half years and I'm actually (laughs) still lactating. So I wouldn't say I'm a breastfeeder, but great problem to have, (laughs) you know, we, we keep it going. So (laughs) (laughs) Heather, I feel like I'm kind of in your boat a little bit, although I did breastfeed more recently than you, but I'm, I'm in the stage of my, my youngest kids, I think are pretty much done, but I am still lactating and I can go a long time without breastfeeding and the milk is still there. It's one of those things that I'm, I just marvel at our bodies. Like, how did that even happen? How is that possible? I don't understand it. It's crazy. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Sunny. I'm producing today's show. And uh, you may know me, but I've got four kids. And my oldest is six and I go all the way down to age almost three. I have twins that are almost three. And those are the ones I was telling you about. One twin is pretty much done breastfeeding. The other one just likes to check in every now and again and make sure there's still milk just in case she wants it. Kind of an interesting situation there. And I am still lactating. I don't really understand it. I don't feel engorged, but I can go a week or more without her checking in with me and there's still milk. So how long this is going to continue. 
anybody's game. But anyways, as far as today's topic is concerned, I don't have a lot of experience, you know, having to worry about pumping in in an official workplace. With all of my kids, I was actually working from home. But Priya, I know you do have some experience with it. Yes, yes. So I'm Priya, I'm your host. And I also have three kids. And my oldest is now 14. And my youngest is eight. And my eight year old, I breastfed for three years. So don't feel bad. (laughs) Um, And it was more of a situation where I didn't want to give it up. And my sister was like, today's the day we're doing it. Um, So um, but it's funny, because thinking about what how long I was still continuing to lactate, I don't remember. (laughs) I guess my brain is mush now. I just don't remember. Um, But I have tons of experience giving birth and having to go back to work for my first two children. And then my last child, I gave birth and then I quit. For different reasons, reasons we'll get into later. But um, yeah, I definitely have tons of experience about today's topic. That's what I think I love about, you know, all of our experiences. They're so varied, but there are so many like little pieces that all of us identify with. Right. It's pretty great. And I actually have a lot of questions, as you guys will probably see as we start the conversation, about how women handle this. Because I honestly, I'm like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Because what women have to go through, especially only getting six weeks or whatever maternity leave, if that, right, and then needing to go back to work, it is it is a struggle. And that's why I think it's so important for us to do these episodes because, you know, other people need to be made aware about it. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit today about how we can inform our colleagues and our employer and just make it, you know, normalize it a little bit more so moms have a little bit easier time making this transition because I think that's going to help them accomplish their goals. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, so let's talk about a headline. This is a nice, positive headline, and it's this, this is a genius idea. I really think we need to bring it this, uh article is based out of Kansas. And I really think we need to bring this to wherever, you know, we're at, you know, in the country, like I'm here on the West Coast, I need to bring it here. Priya, you're in New York City, we need to bring it there. I need to put them on my app. (laughs) Yes, actually, yes, you do. Okay, so here's what it is. There is a daycare center, it's called Learn and Grow Depot, I guess is part of it. I thought it was just Learn and Grow, Learn and Grow Depot. And uh, they basically got um, this breastfeeding friendly ID. So it's like a certification, Uh, nothing that they really went through, but you know, it's not like they had to take tests and stuff like that. But but the idea is this, wouldn't it be nice if moms knew whether you are a regular business, like a restaurant or something like that, or especially like a childcare facility, if you knew right away what the, the facility's policy is when it comes to breastfeeding. This particular daycare got this award and it was given out by the Kansas Breastfeeding Coalition. So their local breastfeeding coalition, a lot of cities have that. I know we have that here in San Diego 
as well. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a certificate that they got. And I think something goes on the door somehow, like a little sticky thing or something like that that says that they are breastfeeding friendly. I love this concept. Um, I hope they put it on their website. I hope they put it on all their flyers. Because if that's really important to you as a mom, um, it really helps to know that someone has done, you know, a series of steps to, to, to get this qualification. So uh, just a quick breakdown here. They have some written policies that talk about their commitment to breastfeeding moms. I'm sure moms could review those policies. They provide educational materials about breastfeeding to moms and families if they want that. They ensure their staff is trained to be able to support and promote breastfeeding for the moms that choose to do that. Uh, so it's stuff like this. You know, again, it's not an official certification kind of program, but it's just a quick thing that moms could know right off the bat when we're making important decisions like where our children should spend their days while we go back to work. And so wanted to get your take on this. Is this a good idea? And how do we bring this to places across the country? That's an awesome idea. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think that we actually in Minneapolis have some kind of a program like this. We also have a coalition made up of doulas and, and midwives. And I think that we have something I, I hate to say I don't know exactly. Um, but I know that we have really participatory hospitals and some, you know, daycare facilities that are, if it's not this specific, obviously it couldn't be this specific because it's from Kansas, but if it's not along the lines of this, it's starting within this community. So I think it's so needed. It's so great, especially if you're super committed to, you know, breastfeeding and and pumping. It's really nice to know when the organization that your child is spending time in or that you are spending time in at healthcare facility really supports you and understands. I think the education is the biggest part of it, actually. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, other than the fact that now I'm going to add them to the app. (laughs) This, I think it's all about community. And I think that's what they're establishing here. By getting the certification, I think it's just an extra bonus. But even having the staff members skilled in and promote breastfeeding, I think that's an extra step that any child care center can take um, for moms that are coming in and out or just people in the community that just want to stop by and sit in a comfy place um, to breastfeed or breast pump. I think that's awesome that they're doing this. Exactly. That's a good news headline. Yeah, it's a good headline. <laughs> yeah, we hear some negative stuff here and there, but this is a, a nice positive one. So again, it would be nice if there was something, you know, you know what this reminds me of, and I'm sure you guys, I think you guys may have this. I don't know, maybe it's a California thing. You guys have the stickers or the window clings for restaurants? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yep. That's what it reminds me of. It's like ABC. I've never seen a D or F, but I'm, I'm assuming they exist. That's what it kind of reminds me of. And we, we've seen different headlines in the past about moms or, you know, business owners taking it, you know, just themselves to put something in the window or whatever. But I really like the idea of something organized. So anyways, not sure how to do that if anyone has any ideas, but th- I think this is a great start. You got to start somewhere, right? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) 
Today, we're continuing our series, Back to Work, by talking about how moms approach pumping with their employer and colleagues. So do you always talk to your employer first or human resources? I mean, what is the process <laughs> that we need to go through um, after we had the baby, come back to work? Are we talking to them before the baby's born or after? What have you guys done? So uh, I can speak from, and I'll just qualify, you know, my experiences. I can speak from my experience from working for corporations for some time. So I've, I've worked for a number of really large companies and small companies, but primarily corporations. So every time, you know, I've either had a friend go through uh, maternity leave and come back, or I have, it's been with a human resources department. And I think that the the general rule would be to go to them first because they really have all of the HIPAA laws and um, all of the federal protection information at their fingertips. You know, the, the secondary resource, of course, would be your boss. And they are very, very few bosses <laughs> are, are specifically trained in, in knowing, you know, what your rights are, obviously. <laughs> So from someone that hasn't, you know, directly experienced this, I always kind of wondered that because if you didn't tell your boss first, would it be viewed that you're going over your boss's head? But again, this is more of an HR matter. Because it's protected and because it, it it's somewhat sensitive still. Exactly. Exactly. And I wonder too, like Heather, from your perspective, so you went to HR first because, you know, you work for more of a corporation type of environment, a corporate environment. What did they say to you? Was there any kind of communication as far as, okay, now that you've come to us, you know, you can tell your boss or we encourage you to do this or do they handle everything from there? No, they really do. So in my experience, they really um, encouraged me to work out a schedule because I was pretty forthcoming. I know that not everybody can be, and I want to really validate that, you know, this is again, just my experience and not everybody has support and not everybody has the uh, ability to do it this way. But I was told just, you know, thank you for coming to us. What questions do you have? Immediately I asked, where's the mother's room? <laughs> uh, because it was actually new at the time, you know, it was, it was more than five years ago. And my colleagues were using meeting rooms, and we were running out of those. So you know, getting pushed out of meeting rooms, well, what are you going to do when a lot of your staff are women in childbearing years? So figure it out, right? So they did. And bravo to them, I got a key. And this was not, I, I will say this was a couple weeks prior to coming back from maternity leave. I didn't take the approach of saying, this is what I'm going to plan for. This is when I'm going to be back right before maternity leave. I gave a pretty general expectation of when I was going to be back. So it was a couple weeks prior that I went in and had the discussion with HR and just said, look, this is what I need in terms of, in terms of a break. And they said, yeah, absolutely. You, you are given that right and we have facilities for it. So uh, I think, it, again, it really depends on your circumstances. But HR is there in bigger corporations to protect those rights. Obviously, they're there for the company, but there are uh, rules that companies have to follow and they are you know, knowledgeable of those. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that up because I've always had mixed emotions about HR because I, I do have friends who are HR executives and they're there to protect the company first and foremost. <laughs> and then the, then the employees and even by protecting their employees, they're, they're protecting the company. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they don't want lawsuits. Or so. liability or anything like that. Right. <laughs> That's right. So I, with both of my first two children, I actually went to my, my supervisor first versus HR. 
And it's funny because my first job, my first child, I sat down with her. I, I must have started working like a month. <laughs> and then I found out I was pregnant. And then I waited a couple months before I told her. Um, but she was pregnant <laughs> at the same time. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> right? I just started. By the way, I'm pregnant. And that actually happened to me twice. It happened oh. to me with Jaden and it happened to me with Liam. And uh, with my with Jaden and Ava, I had female supervisors and they were super accommodating. And thankfully, I had my own office. So after the baby came um, and both of the both babies, I did the, you know, six weeks off. I think with Ava, I took an extra family leave time, but... I had taken the, the normal amount of time off. I came back. I had my own office. So I was able to pump. And with Ava, um, I had to, I was more in the field. So I had to really juggle. But with Liam, I got pregnant. I had a super great boss <laughs> that was very flexible with me working from home. I had Liam. And then I found out I was switched to another boss um, while I was on maternity leave. And she and I didn't have a great relationship. And um, I ended up nixing that job. <laughs> because of your boss or something? Unrelated? Because of the new boss. Because of the new boss. She was she was like, I do not do working from home. And she was a mom too. So I was just like, I was really confused. You know, I went from this amazing person to this woman who I thought would be understanding and she was not. Yeah, I think that's surprising to a lot of moms going back is, you know, maybe sometimes the assumption that a boss who has a family may be a little bit more understanding. That's absolutely true sometimes, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> There's so many different personalities. But yeah, that's that's something actually I was surprised at. We were talking earlier earlier about our our bosses, and my boss didn't have children. He was a man. He could care less. <laughs> but <laughs> but in, in that, he said, you know, do what you need to do. I don't know anything about this. So you tell me what the deal is. I was really grateful for that. So thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and my guy, he he was gay and he had a partner and he, you know, his pets were his, his children. But he was super kind and very flexible. You know, there were even like one or two occasions where I like dragged a child to work. <laughs> um, and he was like, oh, OK. All right. You have your own office. Just keep him in there. <laughs> we're doing this now. <laughs> So yeah, it definitely depends on who your supervisor is, what co what type of company you work for too. I think not. I don't know about corporate, but uh, the nonprofit world, I I definitely feel in my heart is probably a little bit more flexible. Yeah, the corporate is it's kind of a different animal. I think that if you've gone through corporate, you kind of there's this un, unspoken understanding of kind of some ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not all ridiculous, but some of it's ridiculous. So yeah, in terms of rules and and understandings. But anyway, so did you did you have a plan? Did you work out a plan with your employer? I took three months off for maternity leave. Of course, um, I shouldn't say of course, of course, that that varies. But I took I really planned that out. And so while I was out on my maternity leave, I was in communication with my boss, and slightly with HR, but mostly with my boss just in terms of okay, this is what we have upcoming for projects. This is what my schedule looks like. What, what are the meetings that we need to, you know, hit right away, kind of coming back and, and hitting the ground running. And within that, that's where I took the opportunity to say, I am blocking out 20 minutes at 10 o'clock and 20 minutes at two o'clock for pumping. He's like, that's cool. Um, you know, and, and ideally, I would say, you know, I reached out to a couple of my colleagues as well and just said, hey, you know, I'm excited to come back. 
I mean, you'll notice a couple of things on my Outlook. This is what it says. Those are my pumping times. As flexible as you can be, I'd really appreciate it. You know, it wasn't like the, this is the time I'm going because, okay, we can be a little flexible, but at least that's an expectation. And that shows up visually in front of my colleagues, you know, um, calendars when they look up what I'm doing. It probably makes them feel that you that you're being respectful of their time as well by having that plan in place so they could see when you're available. So it's not like a back and forth, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, I think more, more people understand when they understand, you know, they're more understanding when they understand what's going on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't have a, pl- I don't think I, so long ago, I feel like a lady. And so uh, I don't think I had a plan. I don't remember a plan. I just remember just, you know, them saying to me, you know, just make sure um, you have everything spaced out correctly. You know, you, you're attending your meetings, you're, you know, going to visit the clients whenever you need to. So it wasn't mainly putting a plan onto a calendar. It was just, you know, just being respectful of all the schedules going on. So I have a question again from a perspective of someone who hasn't gone through this, but one of the things that I would have been concerned of is them, maybe this is more for a smaller business than a corporate that would have HR and every, you know, like all their ducks in a row. But, you know, for a smaller business, and especially if maybe if it's a, a male boss, like what do you have to like, if you know you're going to go in and talk to them, whenever you decide to talk to them about this, like what tools do you really need to have in your arsenal? Because I'm thinking I need to prepare for worst case scenario. And that is that they don't know anything about maybe that's not the worst. Maybe the worst is that they they are completely anti breastfeeding. <laughs> but let's just assume that they don't know anything really about breastfeeding and uh, or the rules, the Affordable Care Act, things that may be important. What would you guys recommend having kind of been there, done that, you know, with your own personal experiences that moms have in their arsenal, not in a negative way, but just to be able to say, if they get some pushback, you know, to be able to let them do the stuff they need to do. So it's their right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I think what they should do is just have um, laws and, you know, information available for the employer. So when they go into that meeting, they have something printed out on their lap and they've studied it a little bit. So if they get any pushback from their employer about, well, we're not really set up for that. You know, we're a small business. You know, it could be a little mom and pop shop or something else just to have that information available at your fingertips so you can have that rebuttal and have that discussion. And hopefully they're flexible enough to work out something with you and that they're smart enough <laughs> to work out something with you. I um, And I'm reminded of, I was reading this book called Work, Pump, Repeat, and it's by Jessica Shortall, who's done some TED Talks on, yes, she's awesome. She's done TED Talks, and she talks about um, uh, parental leave, which is a really highly circulated, as as you can understand, um, TED Talk. But she has this chapter in her book, Work, Pump, Repeat, called Talking to Your Boss Boss About Your Breasts, which is fantastic, because that's what you feel like. I'm talking to you about my breasts, but the reality is you're talking to your boss about your rights and about your, your obligations. So those are your, those are your, that's the commitment that you've made, right? So they need to be on board. And this chapter in her book is fantastic. I, maybe I can talk to her about publishing some of it for your listeners. Well, I actually, I actually emailed her for another for, so I've done giveaways with her, not to get off. Oh, the that's awesome! Yeah, so I emailed her to do another podcast. So I'm waiting. I'm I'm trying to work out a time with her. But yeah, she's amazing. Oh my god, yeah, she she's is like on fire. She's a dynamo. So <laughs> she is on fire. Yeah, but but I think it's really you know to take that kind of mystique out of and to not feel intimidated. You are in the right. 
you have rights, they are federally supported, whether your boss is and probably won't be cognizant of it, they can talk to HR themselves if they have a problem. You know, that's that's part of what HR's function is. Priya, to your point earlier, if you if if you want to follow the rules, <laughs> you have to follow the rules. So But if you don't have HR and you have a small business. Yeah, that's a little bit harder to navigate. That's why you need you you need to be prepared as possible. Absolutely. And also have a conversation. It's not about I am doing this regardless. Uh, it's more like, okay, this this is what I'm committing to and I can't wait to be back. This is, I mean, you know, even if you're not super excited about going back, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what I'm looking forward to doing and I need your support in this. I think that is so true and that's such a good point to make and, and this goes, you know, for many things in life, but it's all in the attitude. Like if we go in there and demand stuff, because let's let's face it, in the media, breastfeeding gets a lot of bad publicity, right? Because we're demanding stuff and we're having nurses and we're doing all this stuff. But if we go in there and say, listen, this is really important to me and, you know, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to be, you know, to come back to work and to be able to do my job and this is, this is part of me now. This is who I am, you know, and to be open to being like, you know, listen, again, this is for more of a small business thing, but to be like, hey, listen, I know we may not have like all of, you know, you know, be prepared for something like this, but I'm, you know, looking forward to, you know, trying to work this out and see how do we make the most of this? Breastfeeding is important to me. I want to be able to do that for my baby when I'm at home, which means I really do need to express my milk or however you want to say it. You know, they don't like express your milk. What's that? Um, but I really need to be able to pump at work that that's just a really important part. And, and to explain, you know, it, from that perspective where it's a partnership as opposed to making demands. Yeah. I was just thinking about that word partnership, just throwing that word at them. You know, I really want to approach this as a partnership because I'm committed to coming back to work and hitting the ground hard and just, you know. Yeah. All the stuff employers want to hear, right? (laughs) I'm committed to you. I want to work hard, you know, and then this is what I need to be able to accomplish that, you know? Exactly. And, And I think then taking that a step further and including your colleagues, because if you have your team on your side, if you have colleagues on your side that will go to bat for you, that will support you and just normalize it, you know, in a meeting. Oh, okay. Yep. So and so needs to go. We're going to wrap this up in five minutes. And not even not even having to comment as to why. Just respectful of everyone's time. You're respectful of their time. They're respectful of yours. They support what you're doing. That's a huge deal. So having one friend, having several friends at work who get it is going to help your, your commitment. And that leads us straight into the second half of our show. <laughs> so what about your colleagues? How much do they need to know about your pumping goals? And what do you do when things don't go as planned? We'll be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about talking with your employer and colleagues about pumping when you're at work. So let's talk about colleagues. When should you start talking to them about pumping breaks? What about privacy? Like, what have you guys experienced in ways of your, we've touched upon it already. What has been the reaction from your colleagues at work? I was fortunate to work among a lot of women. And again, 
a lot of childbearing years, you know, women, um, and as well as, as well as, you know, people who've had families for a long time and, and, and valued time, uh, with their families. And so some, that doesn't mean that everybody supports what you're going to do. And certainly there were, there has been pushback, but again, there almost always is pushback somewhere, whether subtle or not. Right. Uh, I think it goes back to what we said earlier about the attitude that you take. And sometimes you're not going to satisfy everybody. If you have your boss on board, that's like one of the biggest support mechanisms. That's one of the best tools in your toolbox because you'll be able to get accomplished what you want accomplished. If not, as Priya, as you mentioned, it's going to be harder regardless of whether you have support, you know, elsewhere. But I think the more you normalize it and the more that people hear about the fact that you're not taking away from, you know, what's getting done, the projects. I think we hear with a pushback that we hear is so anecdotal. It's not based on reality. The reality is that we're actually more productive because we're getting done what we feel we should be getting done. We we're navigating sometimes difficultly this huge pressure, right? So I think that we're a lot more productive and again, this goes back to studies. So when all else fails, bring out the studies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring you know, out the data. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like you're talking about, you know, working with your colleagues and talking to them about what's going on and just, you know, um, being more productive. I have been in situations, um, I have, well, when I had Liam, I did this, I actually did work from home during maternity leave. Um, so that leads me into another question. Do you think moms, okay, so now that you're on maternity leave and you're in this work situation where you have your colleagues and you have to get things done and you can't be, you want to be home with your child as long as possible. Do you think it's a necessity to do work from home while you're on maternity leave? Like, do you think that's a healthy thing to do? So I've, I know people who've done this. I've done it a little bit. And it was more out of like pressure to make sure things were getting done and that I would still have a job when I got back. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that was that that has been the real the reality for most moms who have gone back to work is that we've felt that because, you know, other people felt that we weren't entitled to this time with our children, which, of course, we all know, everybody in the world, everybody else in the world gets it right. We don't we don't get it yet in the US. We will mark my world. We will. But because of that, I, I think that there is a lot of pressure for moms to, um, and sometimes it's self, you know, imposed. Do you think it's a mistake for them to do that? Well, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm just going to be candid. I do because one, that's not normalizing. And I say normalizing, I mean, you have a right to take the time. There is a real need to take the time that you need. This is a new person. This is a very short time in their whole life. And without getting into parental leave and the um, necessity of it, particularly here in the, in the U.S., it sets a certain precedent when you work on the time that you're not supposed to be working. And that can go, you know, that, that can go for vacations as well. People do that too. But this time is so short and it's so demanding. It's precious. It's, it's so demanding. It's, it's so important for this time that you get to bond with your baby and there is nothing that replaces that. Now that's not to say that if a, if a mom feels that she needs to work and I, you know what I did, 
I did, right? So I'm I'm owning up. That's not to say that you can't also be really bonded to the child if you're if you're also working. That's not to say that at all. But the pressure, I guess, is what I'm talking about. The pressure to do that if you don't feel that if you feel pressured to to work uh, while you're spending time with your babe during your time. And you said precedence. So it does set a precedence because then your your colleagues and your supervisor think it's okay to contact you for numerous things during the week. And and it devalues that time. It really does. It should be protected. It is in other countries. If you have a really close relationship with your, your coworkers, then I think it's, a, it really depends on the person and your relationships that you have at work. If it's an environment where it's very gossipy or, you know, people stab each other, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend sharing too much information. But if you have a great relationship with the coworkers and it's really family atmosphere, then why not? Why not share it? Yeah, my, my answer to that is no one is entitled to anything. Because you're protected. Yeah. Well, you're protected and you can share as much as you are comfortable with. So if you're saying this is what this is what I now I, I say that, but then it is to have any relationship and certainly with people that you spend eight to 12 hours a day with to establish if you need them to understand some things, then absolutely share what you're comfortable sharing. But nobody is entitled to anything. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so like, your business. It's, yeah, they're not entitled to anything. That's right. I mean, I, I agree. Love I agree it. they're not entitled to it. But I just think that, again, having that, I don't know, that kind of mentality could be could be harmful to the work environment if we're saying, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a difference between someone coming in saying, I mean, yes, it's not like if someone's prying, that's totally different, right? But saying, you know, in a more relaxed kind of thing, kind of like we were talking about with the employer, hey, I want to work with you. I want this to be, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking of a team type of situation where a mom, you know, uh, you know, she has to get something done before her teammates can do something. You know what I mean? And things may be stalled a little bit because she has to take a pumping break or something like that. Like that that's the kind of stuff that, I, that I'm thinking about where it's more of a team type of environment and the team can't get something done until something else is taken care of. And yes, you don't have to explain everything to everybody, but they may be more supportive Again, going back to the employer thing, if they kind of were in on it a little bit and be like, oh, this is really important to her. And, you know, you're not required to give us all the you know details and stuff like that. But and I think it also has to do really with what is your office setup? Are we talking about, <laughs> you know, you needing, you know, you having your own office? I guess if you had a cubicle or something like that, you wouldn't be forced to do that. They probably need to provide a room for you. But I don't know. Maybe there's a situation where you're technically kind of in a cubicle and your, your business is small enough that maybe they don't, you know, have to comply with all the, you know, the, the laws out there as far as having a separate room. Those are the kinds of things that would concern me if I was a mom working in that kind of environment. Yeah. And I, I guess that that goes back to laying the groundwork for um, your, your colleagues should be on board already, or they should already have an expectation. That's what I feel like. If you set an expectation before you go back to work, your time is already valued right? So you don't have to, to explain every time you go away. That's already understood. If you, if people are asking for, well, if you, if you pumped two hours ago, why do you have to pump now? Well, if they're your friend, you can say, go and do this. Stop. But <laughs> like, get up, get, let's talk about it at lunch. But if not, that's really not their business. And that's, that could be down the line deemed harassment. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And, you know, even in the team meetings before you get pregnant, well, before you go on maternity leave and when you come back and you have to do the pumping breaks in in those team meetings, um, you can have that open discussion as a team. So everybody's on the same page and know where you're coming from and nobody's, you know, saying anything on the side like, why is she doing that? You know what I mean? Just doing it early on. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say that's not to say people won't have questions because some might. I, I think a lot won't. <laughs> but, you know, some might. And and that's why it's so important to get people, um, like you say, Priya, on consensus and knowing that there, there may be some some curiosity and also being open to that. I think that also what's interesting is when you go in and you say, this is my, this is what I'm going to do. Some people aren't expecting questions like, uh, oh, how does that work for you? Do, do we provide those things? What is it, you know, and those kinds of things. So no, you don't have to give them information, but that actually helps a rapport. It helps the relationship and it helps understanding. So I think there is a balance there. You know, I, I heard of a story um, with someone who has actually been on the show in the past, and I found it to be such a calming thing for me um, just because I, I, you know, again, I haven't been through this, but I can imagine all the, the stress that this could put a mom under. But she actually said that um, she worked primarily with men, which you think could be a hindrance because they wouldn't get it. But she actually said that it was very helpful. These men in particular were all pretty much dads. And their wives went through similar stuff in returning to work. And uh, granted, not everyone is going to be, you know, in that type of situation. But she said it worked out extremely well, that they were very respectful of her privacy. And I think it just goes to show how far we've come. I know we have a long way to go. But, you know, to, to you know, for moms out there that may, you know, have to go through this soon, don't automatically assume if that is a situation with you that, you know, you're working with a lot of men, you know, th- there there is hope out there because we are changing things. And I think the attitude is changing a little bit. Not to say that everyone's going to be on board, but don't stress yourself out over that yet. I think there's a, you know, a good way to go about this to be informative, but, you know, not to share too much or whatever. And that for you know, the most part, if you're working with family friendly type people, they're going to get it, you know, on some level. There's a lot of support. Out right. There. Okay. So what do you do when things don't go as planned? Who do you talk to? I mean, in a small environment, there's not that many people that you can turn to, but there might be a support group on the outside. So what do you guys think? So just from from the corporate standpoint, um, I, I kind of have two answers for that, depending on where you are. So in a bigger company, um, I would really reach out to, and I, I really encourage people to reach out to other moms who've pumped who you don't know yet. You know, um, they may be in different departments, they may be in your department, but maybe, you know, you don't have a relationship yet. Sometimes that's even better because there's not, they're not trying to placate or, or make you feel better. <laughs> they're going to give you the down low and, and tell you, you know, it also, if it's not going so well immediately in your immediate work group, then someone else can be outside of your work group can be a support, you know, cause they get the environment that you're in oftentimes in the same company. The other, if it's a smaller group, there are a couple of Facebook groups specifically that moms go to who are pumping or are just um, moms going back in the workforce, that it's really helpful to bounce ideas off of those members because they're going through it. They can validate your feelings. You know, they can give you suggestions and then you have a support network. So I'd really like in general, talk to other moms who've gone through this. That's a huge, huge support. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And you, and 
I've heard it from other moms too, that, you know, they've had to rely on coworkers that just, just went through maternity leave and came back and had to pump in the office or trying to juggle breastfeeding and all that great stuff. Um, so that, I definitely believe that's really important. So what if you have a, a boss and this would totally be discrimination <laughs> or something like that, yes. that was just not cooperative, that always gave you the stank eye <laughs> when <laughs> you had to go off and breast pump. What do you do in that situation? Like, I mean, obviously communication is the best, uh, best way to tackle it, but you know, it's a very emotional thing too. It is an emotional thing. And I think that it's personal too, yeah. obviously, you know, you don't yeah. want, you have a very personal, intimate thing that you're, that you have to address sometimes uncomfortably in a professional environment. So when, when it doesn't go well, when, when the boss is just not getting it, I think it's, it's really important to, you know, set up a time specifically to talk about it and say, I have this commitment. Um, It's hard for me to talk about, you know, be honest. It's hard for me to approach you with because I feel that uh, it hasn't been supported and I want to answer questions for you and I want to work with you on it. Uh, I I want to understand why, what your concerns are, you know, just almost within, as with anything else, go directly to the source, ask for their concerns and listen. Do you think you need to involve HR? What about involving HR in that conversation? Well, yes. I mean, at at the the last, you know, if you've talked to your boss and it's just not happening, HR has to be notified. And that could uh, start a series of, of uh, frankly, you need to log everything. So no matter what you're doing, right, you need to log and record communications, when you communicated, what you communicated, and how you communicated. So if you feel a resistance at all, start creating a log. Hopefully, 80% of the time, you won't have to use it. People come around. Sometimes that helps. And, and certainly if, if it's a case of discrimination, you're going to need a log of, of communication. Thank you so much to everyone for being part of today's show and for sharing their experience. If you're a member of the Boob Group, then be sure to check out the bonus content for this episode where we'll discuss some additional resources for moms going back to work. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We love it when our listeners post questions for our experts. We certainly want to get those questions answered. And today's question comes from Emily. She posted this on our Facebook page, which is a great way to get in contact with us. Emily writes, my son is five weeks old. Oh, it's a brand new baby, everyone. We breastfeed, but my milk supply has never been good. So he gets formula as well. I've been eating oatmeal, drinking mother's milk tea and water, and I've never been able to pump more than three ounces combined. Is it possible that I just can't make more milk than that? Or is there something else I can do to help with my supply? Hi, Emily. This is Michelle Stolberger of IBCLC in the metropolitan D.C. area. First off, talk to an IBCLC in your area to get specific guidance for your situation. But here are a few things that generally help. Make sure that you're pumping with an appropriate pump. For moms that are pumping more than once or twice a day, you may want to consider renting a hospital-grade pump. In addition, make sure that you're pumping long enough to get through one or two letdowns. 
generally more than about 15 minutes. While staying hydrated is great, don't overdo it. You just need to drink to thirst. Some moms find that Galactagog supplements like More Milk Plus or Golacta are more effective than fenugreek alone or the tea. Lastly, keep in mind your personal goals. Are you working to stock your freezer and that's making you feel as though your supply is low? Is your baby being fed with appropriate paste bottle feeding? These things can affect your perception of how much milk you need to make. Good luck. That wraps up our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Boo Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Newbies for Newly Postpartum Moms, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads or Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is The Boo Group, where moms know breasts. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.